Welcome to the Voice of Retail. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. We're starting off the year with an amazing veteran retailer turned executive coach. Vicki Bradley is my special guest on the first episode of 2022. With a storied retail career in sales and operation roles from the Northern Group to the president of the Bombay Furniture Company, and then at HR2 by Hull Renfrew, plus a stint on the board of directors at RCC, Vicky now turns her talents to executive coaching. From senior C-level executives to junior managers just starting out through her coaching practice and women in leadership-empowered online community, Vicky is sending the elevator back down to help retailers and leaders of the future discover their full potential. Yeah, I think the the big thing is is say yes for sure. Say yes to things. Be curious. Um, you know, sometimes people get caught up on well, it doesn't you know pay enough money or it doesn't do right. this or that. You know, don't look at the short game. Look at what the long term game is. Like, I mean, I had such an amazing career in retail, and I know so many others who have. Let's listen in now. Vicky, welcome to the Voice of Retail Podcast. How are you doing this morning? Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to hear your voice. Uh, you and I have crossed paths a few times, and uh, right back to uh, when you're on the board of directors of Retail Council of Canada. Deanne Breezeboss says hello, by the way. Um, so uh, it's all comes together. And, and I noticed the kind of work you were doing, and I thought, what a great guest for the podcast. So why don't we jump right in? Tell us and the listeners a bit about yourself uh, and your retail background, and uh, what is WIL Empowered? Okay. Awesome, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. And love Deanne. Miss her terribly. Um, So yeah, a little bit about me. I spent almost 30 years in the retail world. Um, Absolutely loved it. And it's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, Was the president of the Bombay Furniture Company for almost 10 years. Uh, Was at Marks and Spencer's Canada when they were still here. Uh, And my last role in retail was with Holt Renfrew. And all great experiences have absolutely, you know, just thrived and loved my retail career. And um, then I actually, I got sick, Michael, and I Mm. had to leave that world, which devastated me uh, because I just, I thrived in it and loved it. Um, But anyway, that actually has brought me on this new journey that I'm Mm -hmm. on where Mm -hmm. I have created uh, Will Empowered, which is Women in Leadership Empowered. And that's where I work with women on developing leadership skills um, just to help them navigate, you know, those careers and Mm -hmm. uh, really building confidence and, you know, helping them to to be at their optimal and thrive uh, both in their their personal and professional lives. So let's th- take a step back a bit. Uh, were you, did you always want to get into retail? Some have described it as the accidental career. Is, it, <laughs> is that a career that you, you went, whoops, I found myself in retail and it's a, it's a great place? Tell me about that a bit. Well, that's so true, Michael. Yes, that's actually what happened to me. So when I was in university, I worked in uh, the hospitality industry, loved it. And I actually was recruited into retail. And it was my last year in university. And I thought, wow, this sounds really interesting. Of course, you know, as a woman, I mm. loved fashion. And uh, the, the company that recruited me was called uh, Woolworth, but it was a division of Woolworth, which was Susie's Casuals in the U.S. Mm. And um, the woman who recruited me, she was like, you know, it's not a lot of money. <laughs> she said, but I think mm. you'll love it. <laughs> and I did. I fell in love. And so I went into their management training program and back Back then, I mean, that was in, you know, the early 80s, 
um, Woolworth was definitely way ahead of their time on their management training program and systems. Like they had great systems and I learned a tremendous amount from them. But, you know, it was really for me, it was the fashion and I caught that bug of competition and, you know, always wanting to exceed my sales goals and beat everybody that was in our stores Mm-hmm. Um, and just mm-hmm. had a fascinating career with them. Like they, they truly, you know, taught me a lot and moved me around. So Susie's Casuals closed down and Northern Reflections uh, opened up, which all of it was owned by Woolworth. And right. Northern Reflections is what took me, you know, really into my uh, executive roles. So mm-hmm. I, I helped them open 400 stores across the U.S. And wow. then they relocated me to Canada mm-hmm. um, as the director of training and development because, we were just, we were growing so fast, Michael, we didn't have the bench strength that we mm-hmm. required. And I tended to, they would, they would parachute me into a market that was kind of in trouble and I would clean it up, fix it, hire my replacement. And then they would move me to the next problem location. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's fun in principle. <laughs> and, and so that just turned me, that yeah, just yeah. like created this whole new adventure for me. And yeah. So they came, they, they invited me to come to Canada and head up training and development for North America um, so that I could train our district managers to run these 400 locations mm-hmm. that, uh, that we had just opened. And so I did, and it was really a career changer moving to Canada and, mm. you know, taking this on and, um, yeah, my career just continued to, you know, escalate and, and move into different parts um, of the business. But predominantly, my focus was on sales operations and right. people, like really, how do we how do we develop people and bring the best out of them? Right. And one thing we jumped right in, where am I, where am I reaching you today? Where are you, where are you based today? Well, I'm just North of Toronto up in right. Caledon. So right. I've, I'm in Canada now for 26 years. I was going to say you <laughs> came for the job and stayed for the, um, for the, all the whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I do love it here. Have great friends here. And, uh, you know, this is, this has become home. <laughs> Oh, very good. And, and Black Friday, Cyber Monday followed you up eventually. It took a while, yes, right? Yes, it did. <laughs> I mean, it's, it a, it's did. a funny thing. You know, I talk to people, even reporters today, and they're like, you know, I, I, I remind them that this is a fairly new phenomenon, like 10, 12 years, and then it wasn't always so. And, you know, there is still debate amongst retailers about whether it was a good idea or not. I mean, it probably was inevitable uh, defensively and offensively, but... Um, it wasn't something that was part a big part of your career, right? Because it's pretty recent, um, and maybe just at the at the end, at the end, uh, you know, that kind of started to creep into the Canadian market, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. It wasn't until I was with Holtz that right, we right. experienced it, and you know, and what an experience it was. I remember. Um, our uh, uh, location at Vaughn Mills. Mm. I was there at 6 a.m. <laughs> on Black <laughs> Friday yeah. and I worked the lease line and just, you know, we had unbelievable lineups trying to get into the store for Black Friday. And yeah. I remember our, our CEO at the time was Mark Derbyshire and Mark kept calling me saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, have you seen what you guys are doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm in here. I'm living it. This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> All right. So since we're talking about that, and then I want to get on to talk about uh, what you're doing now and lots of other questions, but Black Friday, Cyber Monday, good for Canadian retail, retailers in Canada, or wish it would have stayed a U.S. idea? Um, 
Well, I'm a retailer at, at heart. And mm-hmm. so I think to, you, you said this earlier, I think it was inevitable that it would happen. And, you know, Canadians are in the U S so often and there's so much border shopping. And yeah. so it's, you know, why not keep it in Canada? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I know myself, even at being a retailer, you know, my friends and I would pack up the car and head down to, you know, Buffalo, yeah. um, the end of November and yeah. do our Christmas shopping. And so I, I think it's important that we keep it in Canada as much as we can. And, you know, there's so many brands that have, have moved into Canada from the U S I know we've lost a few, you know, during COVID. Yeah. Um, but there's so many brands that are here now that it just makes sense to me that, that we do it. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk, let's talk about you. Uh, tell me about what you do today and, and what, uh, let's say what gap you're filling in the market or the business world and what were you looking to accomplish with uh, WIL empowered? Okay. Okay. Happy to. So, so I do a couple of things, Michael. So I, I am an executive coach and I work with a lot of, you know, senior, senior women in helping them navigate their careers, whether they're transitioning, whether they're getting promoted, uh, you know, moving from mid-level to senior level management roles. And I also have Will Empowered. Um, again, that's Women in Leadership Empowered. And, and part of why I created that was based on my own journey through retail, to be honest. Um, You know, there weren't a lot of women um, Mm -hmm. and there weren't a lot of role models. Uh, However, I will, you know, give Deanna a plug because she was Mm. always certainly a a great role model for me and someone that I knew I could go to because um, (laughs) as an old boss said to me uh, from Marks and Spencer's, Dave Stewart said to me one time, he goes, Vicki, be careful because it's lonely at the top. Hmm. And you got to be careful what you wish for. And I I always like kept that in the back of my mind. And so part of why I've created what I have is to just really help women create that support network and and the tribe, if you want to call it that, so that they have a place, a safe space that they can go and talk to other women about the challenges they face. Because let's face it, men and women, we do face different challenges in, in the working world. And, you know, women are still taking on a lot of the uh, responsibilities at home. And we're also thriving in our careers and, you know, climbing those corporate ladders. And so part of this was to really help them have a support system um, to flush ideas to, you know, to really help them also build the the confidence that they need to go after Mm. those roles that they so deserve. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. I had a client one time who was VP of marketing of a, a major Canadian company. And um, she was uh, uh, given an opportunity to take on a new role. And when they came to her, um, they said to her, you know, we really want you to take on this, this additional role. And her first response was, well, I'm not qualified. And so she didn't, she didn't take the role. And so when we spoke about it, I said to her, I go, why would you, why would you say that? Like you've had it up the head of it, you've had it up the, you know, marketing, like if anybody's the right person for this role, it's you. And I said, what do you think, you know, John down the hallway here would say if they came to him and she goes, you're right. She goes, I missed an opportunity where I could have, you know, really taken my career to that next level. Do you, do you find that that's, consistently or still the case uh, uh, between men and women when they're offered promotions that, yes. um, you know, I think women are more thoughtful about it. Says, yeah, I've never done quite that thing. Whereas, whereas the guys are like, 
Yeah, off you know, behind, <laughs> yeah, you know, as soon as the door closed, like I have no idea how to do that job. I guess exactly. I'll just I'll do, I guess I'll just make it up as I go along. I'll just figure it out. Um, yeah. Do you find that as as a still a, a, a let's go, I don't know if we call it a defining characteristic, but a common uh, a common thread in your discussions with women leaders? It is. It is. Unfortunately, it is. And and I think some of that comes into play where where women are they're also balancing what's happening at home. They're balancing what's happening in their careers. And so they're more hesitant to put themselves forward because of all of those factors. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're right. Men are very quick to jump on it and figure it out later. And so, you know, a lot of the coaching I do is around building that confidence to go for it because there's always a way to figure out how to balance it all behind the scenes. The important thing is to know that you have that ability to, to actually do the job that you're, you know, that you're hoping to attain. Mm -hmm. And so it, it continues to this day to be a challenge and women don't even realize um, it. Do you come across imposter syndrome as it's, as it's known? Is that um, a subset of these concerns or is that another defining, I don't know, the defining characteristic amongst uh, leaders in general? Is that something you talk about with your, with your, what do you call them? Mentees or, or your clients, I guess. Just clients. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're my clients. Um, yes, the imposter complex comes up. Boundaries probably comes up a lot. Mm. Um, but imposter complex, just feeling that they're not qualified for particular roles that may come across their, their desk or opportunities that they they're presented with. And so part of that is knowing themselves, right? right. And, and knowing that, it's reminding ourselves because women, we don't tend to have that same, um, we don't keep record of all the accomplishments the way we need to, 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 to show that, Hey, you know what? Yeah, I've done this before. I can do this. And that's a big part of, you know, how I coach my clients is getting them to recognize what they have done and how that translates into this next opportunity, but also how they see things, how they look at things more holistically hmm. uh, before jumping right in. What, what um, speaking more generally, what are the key traits of retail leadership that you found? I mean, there's many, many paths to leadership. Uh, some go through the stores Some go mm-hmm. through merchandising, you know, stores, operations, merchandising, a few go through marketing. What, what, what are the kind of those key characteristics you look for that you had yourself that, that make a great leader generally in, in the retail industry? Well, I think part of it is, you know, not being afraid to hear no, because <laughs> <laughs> no doesn't mean no. It means right. not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, so really that determination, but I think, mm. you know, part of what, what is helpful is, is having the ability to identify great teams mm. and to know that it's not just about you. Right. Like, I mean, my team at Bombay was a big part of, I mean, they were the driving force of why we were so successful. Right. right? So being able to identify the talent and, and that takes, that takes a lot of courage from leaders because you got to put your ego aside and look at what others are contributing and that, you know, it, it takes all of you to make it successful. So I think that's, you know, one area. Um, another one is really, be becoming, especially in retail, becoming a more of a generalist. So understanding mm. all aspects of retail, because 
retail is one of the most fascinating businesses out there in my mind, Michael, yeah. because you've got supply chain, you've got marketing, you've got finance, you've got sales, you've got product development. Like you, you cover people development, all of these areas that, you know, if all of those things aren't fine tuned, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is that you can move around, right? And, and I really, you know, when I started my career, my focus was really sales and operations. And then when I moved into Marks and Spencers, um, that was really when things impacted me because, you know, our CEO pushed me to take on store design. He pushed me mm-hmm. to take on uh, human resources, you know, to participate in line reviews and, and, you know, helping to pick color palettes and all these things that, you know, where do you get the opportunity to be so integrated into a business? Um, So I think it's, you got, you also, as a leader, you got to be curious, right? right? You got to look at all the areas and be curious about what other people are doing uh, within your organization. Boy, that, that last part about being curious. I mean, how many retail leaders and how many times have we seen lately this discussions about, Supply chain, right? Supply chain oh, used yeah. to be something I wouldn't, I wouldn't by any stretch of imagination say taken for granted, but generally, you know, the people who run supply chain are very good at it and they make, they move the, move the goods. And you really only, you know, I would say sometimes you'd paid attention only when it didn't arrive. Right? Yeah, it's like what exactly. happened <laughs> now? It's like the focal point. I talked to merchants today and they said, well, half my, half my day is spent making sure my goods are going to arrive, which was very, it's very different. And, and, Boy, you need you need a, uh, appreciation for all the moving parts of the of the retail spectrum. Yeah, you do. You have to, and you got to have great people leading each of those parts. Yeah, that are also great communicators that talk to other parts. So the example you just gave, like when when the merchant team and the supply chain team aren't talking, you got a problem. Right? Yeah, it's a big problem. And, and marketing yeah, yeah. too, because marketing is yeah. also trying to promote yeah. the goods that are coming in. So it's all so. Um, uh, intertwined. And so communication between each of those parties, like you can have differences. That's great. But you, at the end of the day, you got to come out all together. (laughs) You know, as Deanne reminds me of a quote, great quote from Deanne. She she likes to say, Deanne Breeswell from Retail Council of Canada, she likes to say, retail isn't brain surgery. It's more complex. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking specifically to women in leadership, what are those, what would your advice be? You mentioned you went through a, a, a trainee program from the kind of store ops up. You know, focusing less on um, on senior leadership and more about younger women who are preparing for that track. What's your advice to them about the best way? I mean, I think you're already touching on it. You know, explore. You know, take opportunities when presented. Uh, explore all kinds of different things. You know, don't go down a single lane because that makes it a little harder to be a generalist as you go up. Um, the latter is a- any other tips that you you could share? Yeah, I think that the big thing is is say yes, for sure. Say yes to things. Be curious. Um, you know, sometimes people get caught up on, well, it doesn't, you know, pay enough money or it doesn't do right. this or that. You know, don't look at the short game. Look at what the long-term gain is. Like, I mean, I had such an amazing career in retail, and I know so many others who have uh, you know, one of my clients today, she worked for one of our major retailers, and she's a, a you know, a senior partner at Deloitte. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she started her career in retail and she's still working in retail, but through the consulting arm. Um, So there's so many opportunities if you can move past, you know, I work in a store today to see what the longer term game can be. And working in a store, by the way, is 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 amazing because you learn so much about 
people, the, the customers that are coming in, the people that you work with. Um, so I think that, you know, I'll go back to curiosity. I think that that's important um, when you're learning as a, as a young woman in particular and really pushing yourself to take opportunities uh, that you might not otherwise have, right? So yeah. going for it. Um, but also it's, it's what are you doing outside of retail to learn and to grow, mm. right? So mm. even if I take retail as an example, are you competition shopping? Mm. Are you seeing what your competitors are doing and what is making them stand out? What's making yeah. them shrink back? Because those lessons also help you learn to be much more introspective, even for yourself. You know, I think I think back to when you started your career versus now, there's so many more resources that are different. I mean, the things you're describing are kind of like almost table stakes, right, for a good retail leader. But now you've got all kinds of different ways to learn, you know, from from uh, the internet to podcast to all these things to YouTube, you've got a lot of different ways to learn, right? It's it's really absolutely. Sometimes I think it's a, it's a balance of just finding some of the right things and and right advice. So, would you advise mentorship, coaching? Like, wh- at what point yes. do you think it's the right idea to get a to get a, a coach of some sort, way, shape, or another, invest in that relationship? Well, that's that's a great question, and I was just on with a client actually who is starting out in their career, mm. and and they've. Um, hired me to work with them. I think the younger you do that, the better, because Mm -hmm. it helps you actually bring a lot of the things that are invisible. It helps you to make those things visible. Mm -hmm. And you start to be more mindful about how you navigate that journey of your career. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, our careers are a huge part of who we are, right? And so you you want to have a focus and a plan as to how you want to navigate that. Hmm. Um, but I also think, you know, mentorship, just to your point, like mentorship is huge and you need to have a variety of mentors, people who give you different perspective, right. Um, and challenge you on some of your thinking because Hmm. we get caught up in what we think we know and we know is best. And when you start hearing what other people are you know, how their perceptions are, what they're seeing, you learn a lot through that. Mm. And, um, and, and it's it's fair to say there's a lot of paths to leadership in an industry as big and broad as retail, but uh, absolutely. there's still a strategy, right? Up the center of that, yes. there is a, and we've, you've been sharing it. So it's been, it's been a, a great interview. You've been sharing those core strategies that don't change, but you know, th- that's a great, uh, that's a great reminder. All right. I cannot have you on the mic. Uh, such a retail veteran, whether talking about retail, in the COVID era, not about a history lesson, but what do you think after all this? And boy, the, the, you know, I think we can see the, the end zone. The, the goalposts keep moving. We're recording this in uh, late November. We've just learned about this new, uh, new variant. And by the time mm-hmm. folks are listening to this, it may or may not be uh, hugely impactful, but it's clear we're not through it yet. However, we feel like we're coming out on the other side. Certainly after what, two years of, living through this, consumers have changed in some way, shape, or form. We're all trying to figure that out. Any thoughts from your perspective as you kind of observe and watch and through your through your clients kind of hear what they're going through? Any thoughts of what a post-consumer retail environment looks like? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, Michael. I think that, you know, it still holds true service, service, service. Hmm. And service comes in different ways. But, you know, being in tune to who your clients are, some of the some of the smaller boutiques who have survived um, through what we've already you know endured through COVID is because they've gotten innovative. 
Mm. and they're talking to their clients. They're reaching out. They're finding creative ways to help them shop, to be honest. Um, The ones who have not survived, I think, in a lot of cases is they've lost sight of that. Mm. Um, because there's many ways that, you know, even if I use history as a, as a lesson, you know, when I started in my own retail career, I had my own clientele list and I would call them whenever we would get a shipment. Yeah. And so we could have never even opened the doors and I still could have sold. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's some of that. I, I think part of it too, is that, you know, people have to, you know, support local as much as possible, um, you know, and, and be out there, you know, not being so fearful. Yes, we have to take precautions. We have to be careful. Um, but finding inno- innovative ways to shop as well. Like I'll, mm. I'll pick up the phone and I'll call and say, can we do a private shopping? Yeah. <laughs> right. And some of that is stuff that we used to do way back in yeah, the early days. Say, a lot of questions around what retail innovations happened during the COVID era. I don't think a lot of retail innovations actually happened. I think some things were just brought back. Some things were adopted. There's a few, but, you know, I try to say, you know, there's, getting back to, if you're getting back to the customer, there's good lessons to learn from recent retail practice, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I will always be that person who says service. Like, I think you, if when you make the customer yeah, that's feel your pedigree, great, right? That's your background. Is. I mean, that's where you <laughs> came up from. So it exactly. And I still, to this day, truly, truly embody and believe in that because if you don't, somebody else will take care of them. And right. so, you know, it's getting out of our own heads and, and finding creative ways to communicate and talk to those, those customers and keep right. them, keep them close. Right. Great advice. Well, listen, uh, speaking of advice, how it's been great, great conversation. It's been great to hear your voice and, and, ch- and chat about this stuff. Uh, how can folks uh, go to learn more about your services and, and get in touch? Oh, awesome. Thank you. And yes, this has been wonderful, Michael. Thank you. So you can you can find me online at www.atwillempowered. So it's W-I-L empowered, mm-hmm. E-M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D. Um, and you can also reach me at Vicki at Will Empowered if you have questions and you want to have a chat about, you know, just there's no, you know, just having a discovery call is very valuable yeah. in figuring out how you how you transition or how you move to that next level in leadership. Uh, but it would be happy to have conversation. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. And and as I think you've been, you've mentioned a couple of times, you you your scope, so to speak, is from young executives who are looking uh, to to move through their career and uh, for see for very senior leaders today, right? So you've got a, exactly a, a broad scope between uh, between those people. Well, listen, Vicky, yeah. it's been great uh, catching up. It's great uh, chitting chatting about uh, leadership and and uh, what catching up and what you're doing thanks so much for joining me on the voice of retail it's a great conversation and i wish you continued success and and a great uh, 2022 thank you michael and same to you thanks so much for having me thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the voice of retail be sure and follow the podcast on apple spotify or wherever you enjoy podcasts so you don't miss out on the latest episodes industry news and insights if you enjoyed this episode please consider leaving a rating review as it really helps us grow so that we continue to get amazing guests onto the show. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. And if you're looking for more content or want to chat, follow me on LinkedIn or visit my website at emmyleblanc.co. Until next time, stay safe, have a great week.